And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 7 through 24. You know, we all have areas where temptation is strong and habits are hard to conquer. These weaknesses give the devil a foothold. So we must deal with our areas of vulnerability. If we're struggling with a particular sin, however, these verses we'll be reading are not directed at us. If we're struggling with a particular sin, however, these verses are not directed at us, even if for the time we seem to keep on sinning. John is not talking about people whose victories are still incomplete. No, he's talking about people who make a practice of sinning and look for ways to justify it. Three steps are necessary to find victory over prevailing sin. Three steps. Number one, seek the power of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. Number two, stay away from tempting situations. And number three, seek the help of the body of Christ. Don't try to go it on your own. Be open to their willingness to hold you accountable and to pray for you. They can't keep on sinning. Is a term we'll read here in today's scripture. It means that true believers do not make a practice of sinning nor do they become indifferent to God's moral law. All believers still sin, but they're working to gain victory over sin. Now, we're born into God's family when the Holy Spirit lives in us and gives us Jesus' new life. Being born again is more than a fresh start. That's a rebirth, receiving a new family name based on Christ's death for us. When this happens, God forgives us and totally accepts us. The Holy Spirit gives us a new mind and heart, lives in us, and begins helping us to become like Christ. Our perspective changes, too, because we have a mind that is renewed day by day by the Holy Spirit. We have to begin to think and act differently. Now, Cain killed his brother Abel when God accepted Abel's offering and not his. Abel's offering showed that Cain was not giving his best to God, and Cain's jealous anger drove him to murder People who are morally upright expose and shame those who aren't. If we live for God, well, the world will often hate us because we make them painfully aware of their immoral way of living. John echoes Jesus' teaching that whoever hates another person is a murderer at heart. Strong words. Christianity is a religion of the heart. Outward compliance alone is not enough. Bitterness against someone who has wronged you is an evil cancer within you and will eventually destroy you. Don't let a poisonous root of bitterness grow in you or your church. Now, the mutual relationship living in Christ as He lives in us shows itself in Christians who keep these three essential commands. Number one, believe in Christ. Number two, love the brothers and sisters. And number three, live morally upright lives. The Spirit's presence is not only spiritual and mystical, but it's also very practical. Our conduct verifies His presence. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. December 3rd, the New Testament. 1 John chapter 3, verses 7 through 24. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right... It shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. 
Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are the children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and He knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence, and we will receive from Him whatever we ask, because we obey Him and do the things that please Him. And this is His commandment. We must believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as He commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with Him, and He with them. And we know He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives in us. Psalm 122, verses 1-9 through 9. Going to God's house can be a chore or a delight. For the writer, it was a delight, the writer of the psalm. As a pilgrim attending one of the three great religious festivals, he rejoiced to worship with God's people in God's house. We may find worship a chore if we have unconfessed sin or if our love for God is cooled. But if we're close to God and enjoy His presence, we'll be eager to worship and praise Him. Our attitude toward God will determine our view of worship. Now the thrones where judgment is given, as we shall read about here today, are the courts of justice by the town gate. 
In Bible times, the elders in a town sat to hear cases and administer justice at the gate. Sometimes the king himself would sit at the gate to meet his subjects and make legal decisions. Speeches and prophecies were also made at the city gate. The writer here in Psalms today was not praying for his own peace and prosperity, but for that of his family and friends in Jerusalem. This is intercessory prayer, prayer on behalf of others. Not too often we're quick to pray for our own needs and our own desires, but uh, we can often neglect interceding for others. Remember back in Job, the scripture says, the captivity of Job was turned as he prayed for his friends. Will you intercede for someone in need today? Psalm 122, verses 1 through 9. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. A psalm of David. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. And now, here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord, as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for the peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Proverbs 29, verse 1. Whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery.